welcome one and all to another episode of the Bigfoot Learning Podcast. The podcast that does not focus on the fictional creature of Bigfoot, but on learning, especially from those people who have stepped into our lives, leaving lessons left from those impressions on our minds. I am your host, Monica Tooze. Today's guest is Graham Betchart. Graham is one of the co-founders of Train the Mind, a mental performance coach, and a musician. This episode touches on utilizing the present moment to learn through vulnerability, refocusing, and powerful expressions. And now, for the episode itself. Welcome, Graham. Appreciate you being on the show today. Come on, Monica, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I was excited. Awesome. Uh, So, first wanted to check in with you, especially thinking of different individuals that I've already talked with in terms of like them being within the field of sports and integrating the mental side as well and all those different routes you can go and the paths to get there. So I wanted to check in with you first on what your journey has looked like to get to where you are currently. Mm. Uh, well, it's, it's, I'm still on the journey, you know, so I, this, this whole, this whole experience to me of life is a journey. So for me, I'm, you know, I'm on that quest of seeking what this is, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean, what this is like, literally just what this is like, who am I, where are we from? Where are we going? You know, some of these great questions that have been around forever. Um, I'm, I'm here to figure it out. And, you know, my journey at 19, I got introduced to the present, to the present. And I didn't even know that was the thing. And then, so I've been practicing trying to be here, you know, my whole life. I'm in my mid forties. Um, and my journey is, is still with, it's still being here. And the conclusion I've come to is there's no conclusions. Um, that's what I figured out on my journey. And I don't know where we're from and I don't know where we're going and I'm okay. Not knowing um, that's where I'm at on my journey is okay. Not knowing. I think a lot of, you know, that's why we have belief systems, right? By definition, a belief means you don't know because you don't have to believe in something, you know, like we don't have to believe in gravity. It's so, you know what I mean? I don't have, you don't have to believe in it. Even if you didn't believe in it, I'd be like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's existing and it's affecting you now. So I'm, I've been evolving my beliefs, trying to let go of beliefs and just, I mean, that space of not knowing was so uncomfortable for me, but now I find myself being more comfortable than realizing that's kind of where the magic happens. You know, that's where the creation happens because anything is possible in that space. So anyway, that's, that's where I'm at in my journey, you know, uh, happily married with my kids. Um, we're doing great. Um, just continuing to work on that. That's most of my life is my family. You know, that's 80% of my life. People know me through mental training, but my whole life is my family. You know, mental training is kind of what I do. But being around, you know, my, my goal was to be around my kids and my wife. And I feel good achieving like being you know, in my mid forties to be like, I've created space where I'm around them all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to spend my time somewhere else, you know? So yeah, here we are. <laughs> awesome. We'll dig a little deeper into that. All right. Uh, aspect of like the unknowing and, you know, tying in with present uh, yeah. in a little bit. And before doing so though, I wanted to check in, with you in terms of learning and and, uh, after talking with people, whether through the podcast or off the podcast, 
I've noticed that people's relationship and attitude towards learning has varied depending on how they're from person to person. And so I want to check in with you. What's your relationship with learning and how it's looked like throughout your life for that journey? Mm. Well, I, I try to always be growing. So I had someone told me a statement. They stuck with me and it said, if you're ripe, you're rotten. And if you're green, you're growing. And basically meaning like once you get to a certain level of like expertise, it's already rotting, you know, and not that you can't just keep doing the same thing. So for me, I'm always trying to refresh myself. So for example, now I look at myself as not only a mental skills coach, but also a recording artist. And for the last seven years, I've slowly been transitioning to music, um, which was the most uncomfortable, vulnerable experience to go through it. Cause you're learning something new. It's like learning to walk. It's doing anything brand new. Um, it's hard, it's uncomfortable, but I need it or else I get stagnant. So I had, I used to have a whole bunch of pictures in my garage of all the stuff I'd been doing. I put up all that stuff on Instagram. And then I was like, that stuff's just holding me back. You know, I, it makes me feel like I'm stuck in that. So for me to keep learning, I have to really be letting go all the time and keep growing because we can get stuck in a certain, in a certain place. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm, I try to find a harmony with that, a balance with that, where I'm not just always uncomfortable and vulnerable, but definitely the last couple of years, I've been working really hard and purposely being really vulnerable to put myself in new space into music and to grow and to keep going in that. So yeah, growth sounds great. Everyone loves growing, but that's like saying everyone loves working out. I'm like, you know what it feels like to work out? You know what I mean? Like growing right. is, un is uncomfortable. So it's easy to say, it. Um, I try to make myself go do it. And uh, the more success you have at certain things, the harder it can be to let go of those things. So I see the same thing I would help athletes with. They get a certain level of success and they're like holding on tight, trying not to lose it. And then your life is miserable in that. It doesn't matter what you have, you're holding on suffering. So I try to make sure I keep doing that process myself. Um, it is vulnerable, Monica. It is uncomfortable, um, but you can keep growing, keep learning. Uh, I started a record label. I've released three albums. I have several more coming. I release a single every other week. If you told me I'd be doing that 10 years ago, I'd be like, you're crazy. Um, but here I am doing that. So if you're ripe, you're rotten. If you're green, you're growing. So that, that philosophy sticks with me. If you're ripe, you're rotten. You're green, you're still growing. I like that. Oh, and with, you mentioned about your music and then also with their your work in the mental training side and one of the things that at least for me when I think of your work first thing that comes to mind is playing present so uh, how would you describe playing present for the listeners for whether they're an athlete or they're not an athlete or don't consider themselves athletes anymore yeah, for sure. Well, pre present is being where you are. You know, it's knowing the time is right now and the place to be is here. Um, so often in life, Monica, we're pre-living or reliving. You know, we're always anticipating something about the future or reliving the past. So being present is just like literally trying to be here with where you're at. Um, so, for example, right now, it's me and you talking to each other, you know, and, and connecting with each other. This is it. This is the place to be. And whenever the next moment is, I'll say that same sentence because it'll be true. You know, so you have to set your intention. You got to practice. 
it starts with awareness, right? Again, I wasn't, I wasn't until I was 19 that I even knew the present moment was a thing. I was like, it's a thing. Oh, then my whole life. Then I was like, oh, it's hard to be here. My God. Mm -hmm. So then you, so then you start practicing, right? So it becomes a practice every day and you set your intention to be where your feet are and being present doesn't mean you just have this surreal, clear mind and everything is poetic. Like the present is different every day. The present is like waves in the ocean. Um, some days you have lots of emotion, things feel intense. Some days are lower, things feel different. I mean, you can think of, you know, think of students during finals. What's the emotions like uh, compared to like in the summertime or something like that. So it's present is about, for me, I have these surfboards behind me and they're there for a reason. It's the analogy of let's ride the waves that are here now in the present. And by waves, I mean energy, right? There's always certain energies here. Think of the athletes. If you're, if you're before like a championship game, that energy is way different than before an off-season workout, right? <laughs> way different. So you still might be doing the same stuff with your body, but one has a totally different energy. And so you have to learn to be with different energies in the present moment. And some of them are more challenging than others for, all, for us. Um, so that's, that's what being present is to me. Work on being here. Because if you're not here, you're literally playing yourself, you know, um, you can't make a play unless you're present because this, this is the place to be. So true. And that practicing part really comes into play because I know at least for me, I feel like it's something that's not the easiest to do. And a lot of times can get lost into you know, wanting to be in the past and being pulled towards the future. And so being able to find those, that balance of like, okay, I can have a little bit of time there, but like how best to, you know, work towards there or reflect in the present and then going from there. And um, they were def definitely not saying don't plan or don't reflect. Absolutely. So much of life is planning for the future and reflecting. It's just a lot of times we're doing those things when we're supposed to just be engaged right here, right now, mm -hmm. right? Like this would not be the time for me to plan for the future. This is me and you time, you know, like this is it. Now, after this, I can sit down and plan and set my goals. And when I get visions for what I want, of course, right? So we're not saying you don't do those things. Just be aware of where do I want to be right now? Is it planning time, reflecting time, or is it performing time? And I'm here in the moment with you. You know, and a lot of times you do have to put some intentionality to that because your mind will just go right. randomly, you know, all kinds of places. So <laughs> that's mental training, right? We're training ourselves with intention to work on being focused in the right way. So here's the deal with focus. You're always focused, just may not be on the thing that you want to be focusing on in that moment, but you're always mm -hmm. focused. You're never not focused, you know? But, so, yeah, yeah, and seeing... Like what what's important at this present moment and there it is. going with there it. it is what's important now that's the foundation right so you have a process you go okay i gotta be here all right what's important now what's actually in my control right here all right we'll start with my attitude my effort how am i responding right just real you just kind of start there and that helps kind of ground you in the present no no okay, here's some actions i can do now um, that are kind of in my in my control i can't control the results the outcomes tomorrow yesterday i mean you really can't control almost everything so you just get into what what's important now and that framework guides you all the time we all get caught up in thinking of stuff that's not important and if it's that it's that willingness to come back and bring and refocus i mean to me it's really about refocusing 
if you if you're willing to refocus, mm. that's like saying you're willing to stand up after you fall. You're like, as long as you're willing to stand up, we're fine. We'll just keep coming. If you can keep refocusing and coming back, that's it. That's that's the work, you know. Easier said than done, of course. <laughs> True. Um, uh, using that example they use of like standing back up, it made me think of for with Rocky of like it's not how hard you get hit, it's how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. And so seeing that's how exactly. to continue to go forward. Onward and forward, Monica. That's that's the work. Are you gonna this idea of being perfect or not making a mistake? First of all, what does that even mean? What's a mistake and who's judging that? There's not some grand judge who's like, you have made a mistake. Like that's not happening. It's ourselves, right? We're the ones like beating ourselves up. Um, but in the meantime, I would say the only mistake is you don't get up after falling, right? Like if you mm-hmm. keep getting up, that's the process of learning. That's the process of growing. That's how babies learn to walk. That's the foundation of everything so it's kind of our natural state um and as long as we embrace that you you can really accomplish a lot if you're willing to bounce back and kind of keep showing up if you're trying to be perfect it's going to be hard uh because there's no Mm -hmm. such thing as that (laughs) yeah perfection is quite an illusion that keep trying to go at so how about this? If you're going to be perfect, um, try to be perfect at, you know, just being present and trusting, you know, try to be try, like, you can set your, cause you, you can at least attempt to do that. Don't, don't try to be perfect at like making every shot playing basketball or something like that, or, you know, never making a mistake. That'll cause severe anxiety, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate the idea of wanting to be great at something, you know, and the idea of like perfection, but really, if you're willing to not be perfect, it's funny how much more of a chance you have to do really good if you're willing to go into that space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you touched on a little bit already on like how our the energy we have, you used the example of like before going to like a big game or before yeah. like just a regular practice that doesn't have too much importance placed upon it. And wanted to dive a little deeper in there of like how the energy we present and then others present towards us, how those all impact each and every day of our lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, energy is everything, right? I mean, that's, that's this whole thing. You think about the NBA, what's the hardest game in the NBA? It's a, it's the second game on a back-to-back, right? Because mm-hmm. you burned a whole bunch of energy the night before and you got to go perform again. So there's bringing the energy yourself. And then of course, if there's a big crowd, they can provide a lot of energy for you. So a lot of this, it's just energy management. It's learning if I'm low and I use the color blue, like, okay, I'm blue, everything's a little bit low. Do you know how to bring your vibration up, right? And usually the counter to low is something high. So I use the color red, like, Boom, electric, aggressive, strong, right? So you bring a little red to your low and it kind of bring you right up to your zone, but you got to act into the feeling. So energy is something we have to take direct responsibility for. We create the momentum. We're the ones who create the energy. I think a lot of times we think it's outside of us and we can learn to create it from within. It, of course, it takes effort. That's like saying you can create muscles. You can, but you have to work. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't, so doing the energy work, yeah, you got to work. That means you feel low, but you're acting high. Or sometimes when you're really high, you're like, this is too much. Maybe it's too much. I got to bring it down 
knowing how to regulate yourself and relax yourself and bring it down. So you find that kind of optimal zone of functioning. And a lot of that is just the willingness to feel uncomfortable, willingness to be a little vulnerable. And then and just like by these surfboards, hey, I'm going to surf it. I say palms down, like instead of like, oh, all this stuff is happening. Ah, we turn our palms down. And we go, hey, I'm going to work with this. There's either a lot of energy or there's no energy and I got to create it. Or there's a lot and I got to like learn to relax it. Once you learn that that's your responsibility, you can learn to ride. You can learn to surf these waves. The best I've ever seen can create it when it's not there. That's greatness. Uh, and you know you're not that person if you're in a gym working out and someone else walks in and makes you work out harder just because their presence, you know you're not that person yet. That's the person, right? Um, if, you were, if you were practicing and Michael Jordan walked in your gym and you started going harder, you haven't figured out how to bring your own energy out yet. Still took an outside source to like, um, where some of the greats go work out by themselves and they don't need anything. It's so real for them. Now that's rare, but to be able to generate yourself means usually you're tapped into a calling. You're like something is calling you to do this work. Something is calling you so passionate, so deeply. That's how you can bring that fire every day. Obviously, if there's 20, 50,000 people watching, there's going to be fire, right? It's going to naturally be there. Um, that's, that's a little more common to create it yourself. That's special. The ones who can create it themselves, they actually make their opponents better as well. They not only make their teammates better, they make the other team better as well. Um, and that's the most special athletes. And usually it's because they just have something inside of them that's calling them. They're willing to move with faith in this world. They're willing to trust their skills in the most remarkable, scary places. And they do it anyway. And they tap into this surreal power. And so when they show up in your town, they elevate everybody. Everyone wants to watch. Everyone wants to, watch. Everyone wants to be around that energy, mm -hmm. you know, that special presence. So yeah, no, I, and I see us as conscious energy officers with CEO. All of us, energy is, what is what's, what's powering this body, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's what's powering you. Know, this is just a big water sack, just kind of operated 75% water, but this is powered through energy. This whole body is just stuff I've accumulated here on earth, right? It's just earth and water, just soil and water. But if we operate from an energetic standpoint and learn to work with that, oh, it's amazing how much power you can tap into. You know, of course you got to face fear and be vulnerable, right? There's no secret. You got to go do these things to tap into it. That's where the magic happens and you can't pay your way into that. You got to do it from within, right? And that's why I say you got to be a swordless samurai. You got to be a warrior to go tap into this stuff. Everyone has access to it. It's just if you're willing to do it or not, you know? Um, so yeah, this whole thing is energy. That's how I see it. That's how I see this whole, this whole thing. Ooh, that's great. And yeah, so powerful just to keep in mind and then to continue to work towards each and every day and touched within yeah. that and previously about vulnerability and oh, one of the phrases that sticks out to me from you is victory goes to the vulnerable and uh, I want to check in is there anything I know you touched on vulnerability in terms of energy and being yeah. present is there anything else in terms of being able to have that victory to the vulnerable mindset that the listeners ought to know or keep in mind as they're going forward. Mm, that's really good. There's a, um, there's a couple of expressions that I use to kind of help do that. Cause once, once you understand, okay, I can't avoid vulnerability. Right. And I'm not talking about putting yourself in danger. Let's be really clear. Right. We're not talking about like, Oh, let's go jump on a, off a cliff and see what happens. No, you're going to, 
splat your body, you know, like then you're not going to be alive here anymore. We're talking about, oh, maybe I'm not going to be perfect at something. Yeah, that's the vulnerability we want to go check mm-hmm. out. Like, let's go see if we're actually in danger doing that. So a couple of phrases I, I used to, that would kind of help me lean into the vulnerability, because by definition, you have to feel vulnerable. There's no way around it. And that feels how it feels, right? It's like, it's a feeling. So I work on um, dissolve me, evolve we. So I work on the part of me, dissolve me, evolve we. Means there's a part of me that doesn't want to do any of this stuff, Monica. Who the hell wants to be vulnerable, right? I just want to have muscles and do nothing. You know what I mean? I want to eat ice cream all day and be ripped and just like make, you know what I mean? Make a bunch of money and never do anything. It's like, that's not how it works. So dissolve me, evolve we. Is going, that part of me that doesn't want to do it, I'm going to dissolve that shit. No way. That's, that's not it. I'm going to be vulnerable and try to elevate a we, something bigger than me, something grander mm-hmm. than me, right? So I can become something bigger, not just myself who doesn't want to make a mistake, doesn't want to get in trouble, wants to be perfect, doesn't want to be vulnerable. That part of me is not my best me. I have that in me. It's not my best me. But when I'm on my game, I dissolve that part, a willingness to show up and evolve something else and try to help someone else. So, um, you know, uh, you want to help, you want to make a million dollars, go help someone else make a million dollars. You know what I mean? Um, you want to make it to the NBA, go help someone else make it to the NBA. How did I make it to the NBA, Monica? I helped other people make it to the NBA. You know what I mean? Simple as that. I just helped other people make it to the NBA. It wasn't like, what about me? What about me? It was like, let me help them. Let me help them. Let me help them. And then all of a sudden you got an NBA job because you, I let go with a part of me and evolve someone else. But I was still present doing all the work, but you had to dissolve a part of me. So I do that, 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 that expression helps me dissolve me, evolve we. And another one is magic with the math. Magic with the math helps me out a lot. And what I, that means, everyone is focused on math. Just think about it. Everyone's focused on numbers, results, outcomes, money, wins, losses, like stats, your grade point average, all this stuff, right? And it's like, no mm-hmm. problem. I, I understand those goals, but where does the math come from? The math comes from the magic. And what's the magic? Press, present, trusting, acceptance, right? All these things, a willingness to be vulnerable. So magic with the math reminds me, hey, if I want big results, I better be willing to go to the magic and know where the results come from. And that means I'm going to be willing to be vulnerable and I'm going to dissolve me and I'm going to go right into it. And then I'm going to tell myself, Monica, pressure is joy. Because how does this whole thing feel? Feels insane. Feels insane. Feels like the craziest experience ever, but that's okay because pressure is joy. So I tell myself pressure is joy. And then my mind goes, hurry up, like make it happen fast. Ah. And then I tell myself walk to win. No, I'm not going to go fast. I'm going to walk to win. You can't speed me up under pressure. I'm going to take my time. The fragile small part of me does not want to be vulnerable, wants to run through this shit, does not want to experience loss, doesn't want to feel any of that. Basically all the work is dissolving that, being with yourself, I'm not going to focus on numbers. I'm focusing on where the numbers come from. I know there's a bunch of feelings here. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell myself it's joy. I know I want to race through really quick and get out of this. I'm going to take my time and stay in this. So that's a magic with the math. Pressure is joy. And I walk to win. That, that's the language that gets me into the experience. So I don't leave the president bail. And when you're in the experience, it's super intense, super intense to do this work. Because you're not on the sideline going, oh, I can't believe it. When will it be my day? You're in it. And when you're in it, you're like, oh, shit, it's real. Right now it's real. 
So you learn, again, this is energy work. So we're learning to deal with that. But dissolving me, magic with the math, pressure is joy, walk to win, of course, palms down, choosing your response. That's the language that I talk myself through every day. And then after you do that a whole bunch of times, you realize it works so good. And you're like, oh yeah, this is a skill. I'm good at magic mm-hmm. with the math. And magic with the math means everyone's like, ah, don't lose, get numbers, ah. And you're like, no problem, but I'm not gonna go at it with that approach because you're anxious and worried and fearful. I'm gonna go at it with full presence, full trust and full acceptance. And we're gonna see what the math is. I'm not, we're gonna see, I'm gonna go into abundant space. But so uncomfortable. That's okay, because pressure is joy. I'm gonna be here, I wanna be here. I wanna ride this wave. It's big waves, we might fall, we might fall. We sure as hell might, but I'm still going to ride it. And if we fall, we fall. Because if I fall, what, what are we going to do, Monica? Back up. We're going to get back up. So in that sense, you can't stop. Because you see see how it all kind of works? Mm-hmm. You use all this language to kind of keep you in it. Keep you in the forefront of the creation. And the forefront of it is intense because you're not, it can go either way. And you're like, well, let me keep creating. Oh, so that's, that's my experience in life. And from that place, that's where Play Present came from. That's where my books, that's where all the music comes from. That's where all this language that I've made up comes from because I'm right there on the cusp of it. And it'll be like, damn, walk to win. Oh, shit, there it is. Because no one taught me that because you got to be in it to see it, to like experience it. So, yeah, I use that language all the time to guide me into sticking with this because devotion is the key. This, there's, there's no like do this for a couple months, then you're done. I'm going to do this till I die. You know what I mean? And hopefully if I'm mm-hmm. good at it, what we're talking about in 10 years is more evolved than this, you know, because you know what I mean? Not saying this isn't good stuff. Play present. It works. And it's been around for a long time. It's passed all my trials and tribulations in the last 20 years, but there's some stuff that probably won't make it in another 10 years that won't, but some stuff will. And I want to keep learning the new stuff, but keep the stuff that's sacred and like wins being present. That shit wins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it just, it, I mean, it really does. Victory to the vulnerable, it's real. That is where the victories lie. And if you're willing to go into that space with faith, you can experience that too. You know what I mean? But um, And magic with the math. The best performances I've ever seen from athletes. If you ask them, hey, were you calculating every number and thinking through it? They'll be like, no, I wasn't thinking about any numbers. I'm like, oh, you were in the magic. They're like, yeah, I was fully magic. And then my numbers were crazy. You know, so you have to discipline yourself to do that when you know the numbers are awful. That's when people bail from that stuff. And that's when you got to walk to win. Victory to the vulnerable. Lethal patience. I got so many phrases that will just keep you in it so you don't whoop your own ass. You know what I mean? So you stay in it and don't defeat yourself. And it turns out if you stay in it and don't defeat yourself, you can't be stopped. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Sometimes I hate knowing this stuff because I got to do it. And of course it requires energy and work. It's tough. I also am thankful I do know it. You know, I'd rather know than not, even if knowing means, man, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to do this shit, but I'd rather know than be like, I don't know what's going on, you know? So, cause when you find out what to do, you're like, oh, it's a lot of work. I mean, I just told you, you have to do it every day till you die. That's not like an awesome answer for some people. They're like, oh, I just want to be done. I'm like, well, you're like asking, when do I breathe air and drink water? Well, shit right now, unless you want to die. You know what I mean? (laughs) So everyone, uh, people I work with, when uh, they're going through a tough time, I say, hey, when did you stop focusing on the present? When did you stop trusting your skills? And when did you stop accepting the results? Because I already know that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? I already know. They're like, oh, I stopped doing it a few months ago. I got caught up. I'm like, ah, welcome back. Just come on back. 
and get back to practicing. That's like someone saying, I don't feel good. And you're like, have you worked out recently? And they're like, oh no, I stopped working out like four months ago. You'd be like, no, you, that's, you, that's a part of your life. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> these are just my opinions, but this is what I've noticed, you know? No, it's some excellent stuff to keep in mind, especially each of the different little self-talk little nuggets that you have each as you said are skills to help keep that practice and growing each and every day and are pretty much ways to reset and get into that refocus like you mentioned before and it's not you think easy. of yourself like a like a boxer no it's the counter punch so you're acknowledging like why would i say walk to win because part of my voice is like hurry up hurry up hurry up and get it and i gotta be like no wham walk to win just hit him with a punch right back like we're here and then sting it. You got, I have a counter, you know, or if someone, mm-hmm. my voice is like, oh, don't be vulnerable. Oh, I don't want to feel sad today or cry or any of that stuff. And you're like, no, we're going to, you, you know, instead of like, so you counter it. These expressions help me counter and a counter. I'm not literally fighting anything. It just means I open my heart up to the experience. But in my mind, mm-hmm. I think of myself as like a champion because it makes me like feel like it's a strength, you know, like it's a strength surrendering your vulnerability. Even though the word surrender, people don't think is very powerful. It's a super powerful word. Imagine avoiding vulnerability and surrendering to vulnerability. Surrender is way way more powerful. But the word surrender doesn't make you think like a champion. So you have to kind of remind yourself, oh, wait, I'm surrendering to power. This is, this is how I actually lock in. So, so anyway, yeah, I, I go up against all this self-doubt and have to have these counters to help me with it. It doesn't mean the self-doubt is always there, but it shows up. It's pretty uncomfortable times you know what i mean self-doubt shows up when some uncomfortable times <laughs> true and yeah i like this whole boxing analogy that we're just continuing to draw yeah trying to be that champion of playing present each and every day you got to get in the ring i got a song called, song coming out called in the ring and in the ring means and you have to fight by yourself when you look at like a professional fighter, they, they, they show up with an entourage that's crazy, like 30 people. But by the time it's all said and done, they're, they're by themselves in the ring, you know, or in the cage, wherever you fight. So ultimately, you got to get in the ring with your fear, right? And I could be behind you going, okay, champ, you know, get your shoulders loose. Let's go, Monica. But ultimately, like you're in there by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your whole team to get you ready. But like you go face this by yourself. And when you face it by yourself, that's when all the strength comes to you. Like no one can lift the weights for you. You have to lift the weights yourself to get the strength. <laughs> and you got to do it. You can have a spotter, but you still got to do the work. You know what I mean? You got to work. So that, that's how this is. You got to get in the ring and face that stuff. And all those expressions I have are wickedly devastating punches. I mean, they deliver such power to self-doubt and fear. It crushes that shit. Those punches are so lethal. All you have to do is show up with them. So if you're like, I feel vulnerable, I don't want to do it. It's like, just go experience it and show up and you will knock it out just by experiencing it. And then you go show up and you're like, wow, courage, whoop, that's whoop some ass. You're like, yeah, courage, courage will destroy anything. You know, so all, all those sayings, I always tell myself, oh, good day today fighting. I really like they, they thought they were going to stop me. That self-doubt, I ate it alive. Because if you know the counters to it and you know what I'm saying, if these expressions work, they're devastating. 
So after a while, you may feel uncomfortable and maybe a little vulnerable, but it's kind of like, oh my God, I'm going to go whoop something's ass because you already know it's, so you accept the feelings and you can't believe mm-hmm. something's going to actually challenge you because you're like, I'm going to kill it. Like self-doubt, oh man, tough day for you today because you're going to, you're going to die because I'm going to go do what you're afraid of. I'm going to go experience it. And the self-doubt goes up. Oh, I have no counter for that. You just, Knock whack, out. Whack. And you're just knocking fighting. out that self-doubt. Oh, but you got to get in the ring with it because what it's counting on is you won't get in the ring. That it's counting on you mm, leaving the president true. running away. All if you stop and face it, it has no counter. So you have to get in there and you got to work with it. And bang, 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 lethal patience. Oh my God. You start, and then you could you know how to fight 12 round fights. Then you start looking at stuff and you go, okay, I have the stamina to actually see this one through. Not a round or two. Like this is a 12 round. It's gonna take a while. And 12 rounds in some cases might be 12 years, might be 12 months, might be six months, might be a, a month. Whatever it is, to go 12 rounds with whatever you're going against. Might be finishing school, getting your degree, whatever it is. You have to have the stamina to show up in that 12th round. Even if for the first 11, you feel like you're getting your ass whooped. You're like, yeah, but it can't knock me out. It can't knock me out. I'm still here vulnerable with lethal patients. It tagged me, but like it's... And then you realize you can get hit and you're fine. And then you start to see the fear. You see the fear and self-doubt, which is the craziest experience. When you start to see fear in your fear, so you're facing your fear and then your fear gets terrified because you're going to annihilate it. That's a crazy experience. And then you start to hunt fear because that's fear is a doorway to your freedom. Eventually, eventually you realize that all this means is you learn how to work out. You don't go to a gym and avoid the workout. If you're trying to train, you go to the gym to train. So eventually if you're doing the mental training, we're going after fear because from fear, to faith, to freedom, from reacting to responding to receiving. You, you, you level yourself up. Um, that's why certain athletes eventually quit playing their sport because they're like, I have no, no more, I faced everything. There's no more challenge, you know? So anyway, the, um, it's like getting a good workout. Eventually you go crave that good workout and you want something that's new, kind of mixes it up. You crave maybe being a little bit uncomfortable, not 24 hours of uncomfortable, but a nice hour of being uncomfortable. The next 23 hours, you're like, feel amazing you know what i mean like that's not to live miserably this is to to live in a good experience but the mental training by using all those punches if you develop all the punches with which is the language and you start to practice those punches you get good with them and then you get good with them and you have stamina and you can see it through you won't just do it for the day you're like i'll do it every day then you start to do it for a few months and you start to see things happen and you're like oh i got so much stamina they're like, I'm in shape. Then you just try to stay in shape to make sure you can do these punches, you know, and that's, that's the name of the game for me. And then if there's more punches to learn, can't wait to learn them, you know, and then practice them. So anyway, this is all my own stuff, but I'm like, this is, this is how I work myself through it. Good. The powerful expressions. And I know I've benefited by trying to put in that practice and of each and every day of harnessing each one of those. And it really can be a struggle at times and continue to be like, okay, I'm going to keep pushing it forward. And yeah. Wow. That's just gets me so so excited. A lot of it is we always want to push forward. There's natural progressions. Like say, say you want to get to here, but you're here. Our idea is 
just like this, right? Oh, I just want it to be like this. The reality is it goes like this, goes up, then it loops back, then you shoot forward, then it loops back, then it shoots forward. And you're and you're during these times like, oh my life is over, it's all fucking done. It's like, no, you're not. You're just slowly making your way there. So in these moments, when you're in the loop backwards, which it's part of life, this is the growing part. This is the life part where it's like, I'm not going this way. It's like, yeah, but you're putting your roots in and you're actually doing the right thing. You've got to be willing to bounce back. A lot of times when people experience the like things aren't going their way, they'll get stuck down here when really they're just about to propel forward. And you just want to get good at this loop and learning how to fall down and let know it's a launching pad to go forward. If you don't let yourself go through that experience, you don't get to propel to new levels. So, and by definition, it feels low at times, you know, it's scary. It's dark. It's uncomfortable. You don't know what's going to happen, but if you go through the process enough, it's like your muscles are burning, working out. You're like, this is uncomfortable, but I'm pretty sure this is how I build muscle. This is good stuff. And it's actually to have a good trainer telling me I'm doing okay. So when you're in that place, when you're feeling like you're going backwards, that's when all the learning, all the growth, all the like, you can reattach your roots to new belief systems. You can unattach old systems. It's such a valuable time to, to grow. But at the same time, it's also extremely vulnerable and uncomfortable, but that's part of the deal, you know? So you try to embrace it as best you can. Just like when you're getting a good set or you're finishing a marathon, you're like, I can't do it. You're like, you're almost there. Just, you know, you, you do know how to push but you're not resisting the process that it's going to look like you're going backwards at times, but it's actually whoop, propelling you forward. And the people I've seen that are the best at almost anything, they embrace that time going back and know it's going to rocket them forward. And that's, that's like the real, that's the work in there. It's not just like this. This is exciting to our brain to think it's like this. It just seems so logical. Right. Oh, so straightforward. It does not work like that. Well, thank you for putting it that way for progress and putting perspective on you know the reality of what progress and what that journey whatever we're working through or simply even life in general can look like and yeah and seeing like oh maybe in a down spot here but even like stepping back from there and be like however I'm like seeing that growth seeing like okay well I'm not in that other spot and like continue to see like, okay, yeah. where, yeah. where am I All now? That self-awareness. That's it. And coaching yourself through those moments and hanging in there, you know, and, and being with yourself, acknowledging it's vulnerable, but knowing, Hey, like using those as opportunities to grow, you know, to really be in that. Here's a green moment, right? I'm growing. It's uncomfortable. I don't know what's going on, you know? Then you come out of them and you're like, the, you're like, you're so thankful. That's what you went through. It's mm-hmm. kind of the experience, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, now we're going to kind of focus on you, narrow in a little bit on your experiences, and especially well, keeping in mind the name of the show with being Bigfoot Learning and keeping that using that language in terms of in a different way of the spin of you know the different people and experiences that have stepped into our lives leaving an impression whether it of itself was something negative or positive how we continue to carry that forward with the impression that's been left in our mind and so 
wanted to check in with you, Graham, about thinking in terms of Bigfoots or people you've learned from personally. What have you learned from others and from those different personal interactions that you've had? Mm. Well, it's an experience that continues to happen every day. I mean, I, I believe everyone is my teacher. And you can learn from anybody, anywhere, anytime. I learn from my children every day. I learn from everybody. You know, you can, you can learn from anyone and get their experience in life. And it helps you. Um, I learn from people who don't even know they're teaching me. Like when my first year in college, I had a, a history professor. He was so passionate. I was at a junior college. He was just so passionate about his job. He loved it so much. And I thought to myself, man, if I don't find and connect to something in life that has me feeling it this much, I'm missing out. And he was teaching history, but what he was really teaching was how to connect to something with my heart. You know, so he he doesn't know it. He never knew it. But his name was Michael Mangan. And I, I remember it so vividly. So for me learning, I learned from lots of situations like that. Like I learned, uh, my parents got divorced when I was really young. So one of my best friends, his mom and dad had the coolest relationship. And I would study his dad. And I was like, wow, how do you do this? Look at this, like his kids love him. They eat dinner together. It's, it's amazing. He's creative, artistic, like all these super cool things. And this is me in sixth grade studying this you know, and learning. And I, I think now to you know, my life, like I think about him every day. Dave Van Dommel is like my best friend's dad. And he was teaching me how to be in a family. And he said to me when I was young, he said, Graham, I don't know how. He said, Graham, it's work every day to do this. And I remember that just stuck with me. I was like, oh, I got that. Like you want to be in a good relationship? It's work every single day. And I, I kind of, I didn't understand what he was saying, but I understood Okay, I'll do it every day. I, I didn't know what the work it would take to be in a relationship. So that profoundly taught me, you know, so situations like that, I learn from people all the time. I'm studying people all the time to watch how they do it. Um, these are all indirect. And of course, I've had some great teachers. You know, when I was 19, I met um, a woman who ran the San Francisco Healing Center. She was the first one to teach me about the president, taught me to meditate, did all this stuff. Like, that changed my life. You know, that like she put me up on all this stuff that now I'm like dedicated my whole life to, you know, sport, all this stuff we work on, all this stuff we do mindset stuff. So she was a super profound teacher to me. Um, but honestly, Monica, I learned from everyone. I try to learn every day. I try to be open-minded and, you know, you, you can learn from like the teacher arrives when the student is ready and the teacher could be anyone, any place, anywhere, as long as you're ready. You know what I mean? So I've had formal education. I've met tons of people. I've done all kinds of stuff, you know? Um, but some of my favorite learnings are the stuff you don't see coming. And like I said, when I was in sixth grade. I learned how to be in a relationship. I never forgot that. And now to my life, I told you 80% of my life is my relationship. So it's like, that was like one of the greatest lessons I've ever gotten. And then at 19, getting to meet Jocelyn, who taught me, you know, taught me all this inner training, the mental game that, that blew me away. You know, and then from there, I've, I've read all the books. I've studied everybody, but you definitely have some important people that for some reason you're connected to them here on earth and they're here to teach you something, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's not necessarily at school. Sometimes it is, but it's not necessarily at school, you know? Right. Um, yeah. 
for thank you for sharing and I feel like you yeah. hit upon some key parts of like the people we learn from you know, sometimes it is in that direct manner whether it's like through school or outside of school and then it's also those indirect instances where we're just yeah. taking in sounds like a little bit with your history professor kind of like that energy and passion that you know he wasn't telling you directly that oh this is how you should be approaching life or where you want to work and how and such it's just taking it in and really saying like wow like I'm in awe of what he's doing yeah. I want to be able to embrace that and go totally. from there totally exactly yeah awesome and uh, then to take a step back a little bit and uh, consider I know you mentioned about you know taking in different books and different ways of learning yeah. and so to kind of think in terms of that kind of tier of people you kind of learn from from afar for those bigfoots from afar being whether like authors or not just authors but the books part it's made me lean to there but like any kind of individual whether they're like a speaker a leader in their respective field that maybe you have not personally met there's something that you took away from what they've shared yeah this uh dr uh dr david hawking um he wrote, wrote a book uh, power versus force he's written a ton of books and he writes all these books on spirituality but writes them in a very western way meaning like puts like numerical numbers and math so kind of like works with your mind he's really helped me quantify a lot of this stuff and it's he, he has a, a map of consciousness that he's written and it's profound and i would advise everyone to check it out if you just google power power versus force it'll come up he's dr hawking is the uh is the author it's just it's remarkable so i've never met him i got introduced to his stuff by a mentor of mine and it just blew me away you know i just you can study these charts and just see the different levels from shame and guilt being the lowest to like love being the highest vibration and knowing we have access to any of these just depends on how we, how we get access to them. But all these energies exist. And he breaks down this kind of wooey stuff in the most reasonable, practical way ever. Um, so he's awesome. He's someone I would recommend everyone. I try to, it's complex. Like when you read it, it's deep, okay. but, but, uh, but I love that stuff. Power versus force is like big time. I, it might be like all the knowledge and I'm not even kidding in that book. Like, it's the essence of like everything almost. It's what it seems like to me. It's kind of, it's trippy, but yeah, that's Gosh. a big book of knowledge in there. <laughs> it certainly sounds really interesting and especially considering like emotions and energy and everything that ties into there. So it just kind of gets you into like much more of like what's real, not, and I'm not knocking people's belief systems, but belief of course means you don't know. Right. So it's okay. Wherever you believe we're from, wherever you believe we're going, I don't, I don't care. It's all belief. As long as we all acknowledge, nobody knows. That's fine. He's more acknowledging what is that's what, that's mm. all. And then we get into that, you know, and they still might use words like God and stuff, but they're just connecting you to what is, this isn't like some idea of a geographical location that you go to later on or something like that. You can believe whatever you want, but he gets at it for like, no, this stuff really exists. And here's how we operate from this, just like gravity. I can't touch gravity, right? You're like, where the hell's gravity? But yet the evidence is so overwhelming that gravity exists, right? 
Mm -hmm. So you start to find evidence of all this other stuff, even though you can't necessarily see it, you start to know it's here, you know, and then you operate from that. (laughs) It sounds silly, but it's, (laughs) but like, you know, best started, hey, gravity's real and you can't see that. You know what I mean? So we already exist. And like, how the hell are me and you talking? Like, there's no wires between us. Like, what the, what the hell is this? It's magic. Yeah. But yet, if you look deep in the eye, you can make it all make sense. That's all this stuff is. You just start to get into it deeper and you're like, oh, that don't make sense. You know what I mean? Awesome. Well, <laughs> then let's take another step back and wanted to check for you what fictional Bigfoots you'd consider for your life, whether that's fictional characters or stories that some kind of lesson really resonated with you and you kind of put into your own life yeah well I, i'm always impressed with uh midwives you know uh, my mother was a midwife i was delivered by midwives uh midwives and natural childbirth are the heroes to me um you know giving birth is literally a life or death moment it's the reason we're all here the reason me and you are talking you know what i mean because we're here someone has birthed us and for me it's the ultimate uh performance you know, and I was delivered by Ina May Gaskin and Ina May Gaskin wrote the book Spiritual Midwifery and Ina May is a legend of legends. She's like the midwife's midwife's midwife, you know, and so they started a commune out in Tennessee where I was born and uh, she's, that's my hero and those are my heroes and they're so powerful and to see a highly trained midwife in life or death moments coaching people into the moment, coaching them into their pain, helping another life come into the, into the world. Uh, it's remarkable. It's truly remarkable. I've seen it twice. We had both of our kids with a midwife, uh, my wife, natural childbirth. And, you know, so that, that to me, those, those are, those are, those are the big, big foots in my life. Um, those are the legends. Those are the ones that ultimately taught me all of, I mean, you know, they're so connected. I mean, if you just go into the business of birth, why, why is birth a business? It's, we, we're, we're pretty off on a lot of our policies here, on what we do with folks and, and with birth. Um, so I, I, those are my heroes. You know, the ones who, who look at this whole process and, and go towards it. And she's remarkable. I mean, I'm serious. Check out Spiritual Midwifery. Check out her book. Okay. Check her out like that. Uh, and I've never seen anyone tougher than them. I've never seen anyone tougher than a, a mother giving birth. I've never seen anything tougher than that, you know? So the coach of them is, those are my heroes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing for each of those questions. And and also kind of considering everything that we've discussed and then your own life in general, if you had a chance to change or add your own version, a gram flavor of the definition of learning in the dictionary, what would you have as your definition? Ah, well, instead of a GPA, which is usually how you track it, what's your GPA, what's your grade point average, we'd have a PTA. And just be how present are you, how much do you trust, and how much do you accept the stuff outside of your control? And we would start to have that be our learning modality, and kids would be checked on that, tracked, and we would track that. And we would help them get come back from that. So I, I want us to I want us to create learning systems. We already have good learning systems, but evolve them. 
we've already mastered intellect. You can't get better at technology than we are, right? It's crazy, this technology. We don't even know how to be present, Monica. We don't even know how to use our own technology. We don't even know how to be vulnerable. We don't even know how to do any of that. So we got to catch up to that. So I think we got to start tracking that. Instead of a GPA, what's your PTA? And, it, you know, presence, trust, and acceptance. Um, so it's actually a mental game stat that I created, which has been something I've always worked on, was how to quantify the mental game. Uh, and I used to be, you know, play present percentage or your next play speed. Um, and I've evolved that into your PTA. And I've been working on it. So I'll send you all the stuff I have on it. But uh, I want that. I want people to be judged on that. Because we're getting judged. So we'll judge us on our presence, trust, and acceptance. Judge us on that. As opposed to my grade point average or how much did I memorize and you gave me an A. No, mm -hmm. you think anyone, first of all, you think anyone cares about learning in schools? What's everyone trying to do? And get an A. And why are they trying to get an A? Because they want to go to school. Why are they trying to go to a good college? Because they want to get a good job. Why are they trying to get a good job? Because they want to get a bunch of money. No one's learning. Right. Like everyone, I mean, maybe, maybe some people, but what do people ask all the time? Does this count? Is this going to be on the test? Why do we ask that question? Because we don't give an ish about learning. We just want to know what our grade's going to be. So we have to shift that. And it starts way when you're young. We should be asking, what am I going to learn from this? Whatever my grade is, what it's going to be. I want to go all in learning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Way more powerful. But if we track grade point averages, that's going to be what we go after. Just like if you're coaching basketball and you're tracking uh, shooting percentage, then that's what they're going to go after. They're going to be afraid to miss. Instead of we, we track presence and trust. It's way different, way different experience. And they end up shooting way better than the other ones anyway. So anyway, I'd, I'd like to evolve that. But the people have to be able to assess that. They have to be good at this. So that means we all have to evolve. You can't assess presence, trust, and acceptance unless you even know what that means. You know? True. <laughs> These are just my opinions, but <laughs> oh, well, that's what I want to see. I really like that a lot. And yeah, it gives a <clears throat> refreshing take on that learning process and the attitude towards it and then also another little gram expression that packs a lot of power just right in there i love it i love it that's what i love doing <laughs> all right so gram since we're getting near the end of time wanted to check with you if you have any final thoughts whether on learning or life in general for the listeners at this time? Just keep coming and don't be afraid to keep growing. You know, follow your heart. You follow your heart. It might tell you to do one thing and 10 years from now, it'll be totally different. And that's cool. Just have the courage to keep following it and stay on your path, you know, and uh, I'm right there with you. Enjoying the ride, you know, following my path right there with everyone else doing the work. Awesome. Thank you. And Graham, if, someone after listening to this is like hey i've enjoyed what graham shared today want to learn more want to be able yeah. to take in what he more of his work and just like the try to continue to use what you've shared today how can people reach you and anything that you want to share yeah. or promote at this time I got a few places you can check out. Um, my main company is called Max Conscious. So you go to maxconscious.com. I do all kinds of training courses and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you can also check out trainthemind.com. It's another one of uh, companies. And then I have grahambetchart.com where you can always kind of check out 
kind of what I'm up to. And then on Instagram, um, uh, at Graham, the guide. So that's where I kind of post all the music and the new books I'm doing and stuff like that. And then come just LinkedIn. It's just Graham Betchart. So anyone wants to connect on LinkedIn, just connect and we'll, we'll connect. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> awesome. I'll go and put those in the show notes so that people can easily find those. And again, right thank you, Graham. And greatly appreciate having you on today. If you're still listening, you are now at the post-reflection portion of the episode. After getting on with the conversation with Graham, I could feel the energy from the conversation itself, as well as feeling energized from what we were discussing at large, and really presented a opportunity for momentum to be able to use what was discussed and see like okay how can I incorporate this into my day and upcoming days and even re-listening to the episode still feeling some of that energy come up and seeing art like each of that's from the energy that was shared through the tone and all those non-content aspects of what was shared and along with you know the plain present focus that was being dug into and really push through to see where the power lies through language what we say to others and what we say to ourselves packs a lot of power and seeing how to use those different self-talk expressions to our advantage so like, okay, how am I going to use this to reset, get into the present, and really harness that present power found through those phrases. So that was an area that I really enjoyed. Hope some of you um, were able to find something that stuck out to you. And if not, you know, seeing how you can tailor your own different self-talk and expressions to your what works best for you and going from there be able to see how you can continue to use the language and words that you are saying to yourself and or others in a positive and way pushing you forward and really make the most of the present. And going also off of there, I really enjoyed that throughout the episode, there was the analogy of a boxer or a fighter and how being able to be in the present, learning from the present, 
really making the pros of the present moment is something that is a battle and is a struggle each and every day. Sometimes it will come in different intensity levels, depending on emotions and what situations are going on. And so seeing how to meet yourself each and every day and letting that practice and devotion be shown through as you're working to make the most of the present moment as a daily endeavor and goal and have that as your pursuit of perfection in terms of aiming for the present moment as much as possible. That is all that I have today. As always, keep checking out those different opportunities to learn and grow. And until next time.